Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. You may be wondering, where are the resistance chicks? Well, they are busy tonight, and they have handed over the show to three brothers, Corey Gray, Jason Heidinger, and me, Serge DeRosa. And so uh -oh. we have hijacked this thing, and we have a power-packed <laughs> night for you. How are you guys doing? Great. Excited. It's a yes. big topic. Big topics tonight. We have Matthew 25, which we'll be going through, which we're going to touch on topics that many of you comment about in the comments that you're always asking us about. And so we're starting to hit, hit some of these big topics. One of them will be what and when and where and everything about what is the great white throne judgment. Another topic is the marriage supper of the lamb. So two huge ones that a lot of people have, you know, just a lot of uh, questions about. And so we're going to try to make that clear to you today. And, you know, why are these things important? Because some people say, well, it really doesn't matter, but you know, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go through, let me just ask you, Jason, why do you think this, to this uh, topic is so important? Why is Matthew 25, the great right throne judgment and the marriage supper of the lamb? Why is that so important to you? As I'm looking at that, for me, it comes back to when the Lord told me to study the fullness of what Christ did. So when he came, and it's one of those things, and I, I'm sure people before us have got it, but he told me, study the transitional generation from the time that he had came and he started his ministry to three years, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and then that transitional generation from then until when the temple fell. And he said, study what Christ did in the fullness of that span. And because... I had always heard so much that it was about a partial salvation. There's some people out there that, well, Christ partially did this. Everything's a partial thing. And it's been partial for 2,000 years. And that never sat right with me. It never sat like when Christ said, it is finished, what was finished? And so in that study, it led me to studying out what's happened in Matthew 23, 24, which we've already covered, 25. What happened in Revelation? Where do these fit in the timeline of what God has done? What does the revelation of Jesus Christ mean? And what does, how does that tie to the fullness of what he did on the cross when he said, it is finished? So that's why for me, it became important for me to know that. 
as I moved into understanding where we are today. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And something you and I talk about a lot, Jason, is, and, and especially in the past, and we even did a little series, we started on it, and it shows where, where we're at in God's timeline. And I know when I started understanding these things, it puts you into this a greater alignment with the Father and with who you are, with who you are in Him and who He is in you. And when you start seeing these things and where we're at on God's timeline, man, you become alive and you understand that I am literally in one with the Father, one with the Son, one with the Holy Spirit. And I literally am playing a part in restoring this earth back to the way God intended it to be. Corey, what about you? What, why is this so important to you? So, all right, we're talking about, first of all, this white throne judgment. I've seen so many people in their walk. Some people have never even thought about this white throne judgment, like they're new to Christ. But some people have really dove in and not received confirmation or resolution about this throne judgment and they they have it in front of them like it's going to happen to them at any moment it's going to happen to us yeah. at any moment and what we're going to show is that 23 24 and 25 we're talking about the first generation with jesus okay the transitory generation we're going to prove to you that that judgment was for that region for yes. that age Right. And it's important because a lot of people you can be, uh, you know, ha have a, a split mind on this thing where you're you're waiting for a judgment, but you're trying to work to make the world a better place. But you're not sure. And so a divided mind causes right. inactivity. And yep. the deal, the real deal is this, guys. It says when this judgment happens that you will inherit the kingdom. Right? I'm going to read it real fast. It yeah, says, good. Hit that getting, first one. But it says, in, in 25, it says, And he will put the sheep at his right hand, the goats to the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So if we think that this hasn't happened yet, then we haven't fully entered yeah. into this kingdom, into this new covenant. That's right. And that's a huge deal. So that, that is, yeah, we, you know, yeah, go ahead on that, Corey, something I've come to recently understand is we see Jesus as his, his lifespan, what he did. We see it as Jesus came, was born into the world, and then he died and rose again, the end. And that's not the way the scriptures put it. Yeah. The prophets and the scriptures put it this way. The son would be born. Actually, it starts with John the Baptist, but let's just talk about Jesus. The son was, would be born, and then there's the coming judgment and the coming of the kingdom and the coming of Christ, you could say. There's the, the son being born and the return, mm -hmm. the end. That's when the new fully takes its place. And so it didn't stop when Jesus died. If it did, there wouldn't have been no baptism of the Holy Spirit. Things were still being fulfilled. You know, he, at the end of Revelation, he says, behold, I make all things new. Yes. So at the end of the judgment on Jerusalem, yes. which we talked about 24, yeah. and we're going to get into that and, and refresh. I want to refresh just a bit on 24 and show yeah. how it's connected to 25. 
But guys, this is just um, be ready to to hear and almost say a quick prayer. Is that okay? I feel like I need. To, yeah, that's good. Because this is, we're we're gonna be. There's a lot of views on this, but we're just gonna speak it plainly. The help of God. So, Father, we just bless you. We thank you for everyone hearing. We ask for your help by the power of your Holy Spirit to help us speak this clearly in a way that people understand and see and empower them to research this and learn what is what is your vision for the future. Because that's what this is about, is, is what do you want us to do and what do you want the future to look like with us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Or you want to take us through that? Uh, the recap yeah. of Rev, uh, Matthew 24? Yeah. All right. So we if you haven't watched our talk on Matthew 24, do you guys remember the title of it? That's a By good chance? question. No, I do not. All right. Well, I'm sure we can put it in the comments, Matthew 24. If I got to get up at any time, it's because I got a bunch of new puppies and they're running around. But all right. So Matthew 24, we read one through three. It says, as Jesus came out of the temple... He was going away. His disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, right? Then he asked yes. them, you see all these things, do you not? Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on top of another. Every one will be thrown down. So this is talking about the temple, disciples in Jerusalem. Like we got the context called reader relevance. A lot of preachers preach that's talking about not one stone on the planet, but it said one stone here, right? Yeah. So in verse 3, it says, When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, okay, saying, Tell us, when will this be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? When will this be the destruction of the temple? Right. Matthew 23. I'm not going to go through it all again, but Matthew 23, they're talking about the destruction of the temple. It's actually the title of Matthew 24, destruction of the temple foretold. What will be the sign of your coming, which we proved the coming happened. We have historical accounts. The girls proved his coming happened. End of the age. So now we're really talking about the end of the age. Yeah. All right. And hold on one sec. <laughs> They're fighting. So the next thing you need to know here is in Matthew 24, 34. Can somebody read that for me while I quietly know? You want to read that, Jason? Yep, hold it up. So Matthew 24, 34, and the NIV says, Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And that's verse 25. Or 35. You have any comments on that? So, just one thing. I love studying. I have a no chapter, no verse yeah. Bible. And it breaks it up where the original man manuscripts had a break. In Matthew 24 and 25, there's no break. It's a continuous part of the letter um, as you look at it. So, that's just one thing. When people... I like studying not being in just this is just a random thought, not with the chapters, verse and all this stuff in there, because that's not how the letter was written. It'd be yeah. like me writing a letter to my wife and then putting in little headers and numbers to it. That's not how right. these were written. And so one thing I look at is 
um, when I'm reading the Bible, them headers actually change how you'll read it. If you just yeah. read it without the headers and the numbers, a lot of times I'll get different contexts. So I always, when we're having these discussions, I'm like, where did the manuscripts break? And 24 and 25, they are all part of the same dialogue within the letter of Matthew. So yeah, back to same Corey discussion. Owen. Matthew 24, 35, or 34, which was, truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Yeah. A huge one. So the all things, that means his coming, right? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. It means the end of the, not one stone here, talking about Jerusalem, the temple being destroyed, right? In that generation. Yep. Okay. Which happened, by the way, temple 70 AD was destroyed. And three, end of the age. So what was the age that was ended? People always talk about, oh, it's the end. End of what? You know, the thing, this, the deal, it's the end of all the stuff. You know, they never know what the end was of. It was the end of the age. Not yeah. end of the world, end of an aeon, a messianic time period. It was the end of the Mosaic age. Why? Because the temple was destroyed. And the new covenant, we become the temple. And you can read in the last chapter of revelation that the new temple is here where god dwells with men well guess what doesn't god dwell with us aren't yes. we called the temple of the holy spirit so right. that age ended because god no longer dwells inside of a physical temple made by man that's the end of the age now when the end of the age happened that's why jason is saying when you read matthew 23 24 and 25 i recommend doing the same thing i tell people that you know, that have questions. Matthew 24, I don't know about that. Read 23, 24, 25 together without thinking it meaning the destruction of the planet for you today, but realizing the context, who Jesus was talking to. Because right here it says he was talking to his disciples privately and they said, tell us what will be the signs. And then he says all these things will happen in that generation. He told them famines, rumors of wars and, and all these things. And so people are applying this so wrong. And the same thing is true with 25. They're applying it to themselves when the context is not to you. Right. It's to his disciples. He's still talking yeah. to his disciples, right? And, and so that's reader relevance is what it's called. In Matthew 23, it's talking to the Pharisees. So I'm just recapping before we dive into this because it's important to know that 23, 24, 25 all go together. Jesus is approaching mm -hmm. Jerusalem. He calls out the Pharisees, says all this bloodshed's coming on you, on this generation, pointing at them. And then 24, the disciples say, when's all this going to happen? He says, in this generation. Then Matthew 25, it, it continues to segue and continue with the same verbiage of, and at that time, and at that time, and at that time, all right? Yep. Immediately after, then you will see the sign in, in verse 30. So let's go to 24, 29 real quick. It says immediately after the suffering of those days, which we covered all this part, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven. All right. It says, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming they will see okay the tribes there's context here they and then it says they will see the coming of the son of man on the clouds in heaven with power and great glory 
he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather. So remember this, what we're talking about, because this is going to make sense. The angels will gather. Where are they going to gather? They're going to gather his elect from the four winds <clears throat> from one end of heaven to the other. All right. So I want you to realize here, we, we talked about the destruction of the temple. We talked about his coming. All right. But we have to talk about what happened when he came. What was his coming about? It was not just a day of destruction on Jerusalem. He sat on his throne. It says that when you see the Son of Man coming, he will sit on his throne, which we're about to read in 25. So I want to prove that his coming, first of all, in context, was in that first age, right? Yep. What will be the sign of all these things? Your coming in the end of the age. He said basically, indirectly, but I'm connecting it. My coming will be in this age, in this generation. Yes. It even says in other places, some of you standing here will not taste death until you see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. All right. So his coming, when he comes, let me just, I'm going to, I'm putting the framework and then we're going to go through it. So if you look at 25, and uh, do you guys have anything to share? Or let me just say yeah, real fast yeah. and, then we'll, and then we'll say it. Verse 31. 2531, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Okay? When he comes, he also sits on his throne. It's not just a yes. coming in the clouds in Jerusalem surrounded and destroyed by Roman armies, which is what the historical context saw. There was also the separation of the wheat and the tares the sheep yes. and the goats, all the things Jesus was talking about. And we're going to go through that. So, all right, I'll pause. No, that's really good. And and I know sometimes, or for some people, it's hard to get past the coming part. But right there, it's clear. It You just laid it out perfectly, Corey. It's very clear. And one thing that I always like to point out is we, we've been taught that it's a coming in the earth. And that's not what he says. It's a coming in his glory. Lord. There's one verse that says they're coming in his kingdom. It's not in the earth. It's in us. So anyway, go ahead, Corey. Well, Jason, do you want to share anything? You know, that coming in its in his glory. And even people, in, when Jesus walked earth, they said, when are you bringing your kingdom? Yes. And he said, what? It's not like you think. They They thought it was going to be an earthly kingdom that was set up and it would destroy the Roman Empire. But he was a, establishing a kingdom that was different than what they expected. And that's why they crucified him, because he didn't come as a king. He came as a baby. You yep. know, and you study that history. It, he came differently, and it threw them off because they had put a spin on the interpretation of the scriptures to him being the land that would be slain, and then the lion that would come and bring the the lion and the lamb, they had it, and it still, it all happened as was prophesied, but it didn't happen the way we sometimes interpret the prophecies. Right. And you see Paul, even in Thessalonians, he's he's telling them it's getting ready to happen. We're expecting this coming of Christ in his glory, in us, with his saints, it says. There's an ex they knew what that meant. Paul but said, over the centuries. He said, we who are alive at the coming yes. of the Lord, we, if I wrote a letter and say, yep. we, I'm including myself. Right. And see, the 
what we've done over the centuries is we've twisted it just like the Jews started twisting Jesus, the Messiah is coming and they got it all wrong. We're at that place again. We've twisted it so bad that we don't even know what it means anymore. And so we're clearing that up. And people are basically throwing it to the side. So they're trying to move forward, but there's this weight hanging on them. That's it. In their subconscious that they're not sure about. And and what we're doing, guys, we're just unlocking the road so that you can go forward and and build a better future with God like he wants, bringing heaven on earth. Like anything that's stopping the body of Christ from manifesting heaven on earth, the dominion of God, the will of heaven on earth has to be fixed. That's why this is important, okay? And so just hear us, and and I don't think this has been taught much around the world but it's it's pretty easy to see now i want to yeah go ahead no go ahead i I was just going to ask a question should we just go verse by verse well yeah i'm i'm that's what i think we're going to do okay right now but let me share one thing to show what jason was just saying so john that they had the wrong idea of things they thought the kingdom was going to come all at once that's why in the book of acts they're like is it now time for us to possess the kingdom, for Israel to possess the kingdom. That their meaning is it now time for us to right. have dominion over the nations? Because that's yeah. what Isaiah 14 and other prophecies said that they would rule the world. And Israel, you know, they had it wrong. Okay. Yeah. And we're not getting into all that. But if you look in John 21, 21, it says, When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Right? And it says, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. What is it if I want him to remain alive until I return? And it says, because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. However, Jesus did not say he would not die, but only if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? So even though Jesus told them, I'm coming in this generation, all these things, happened, yeah. they still didn't even recognize it. They didn't know. Paul figured it out. Yeah. You know, John figured it out. And you can see, like, John's like, we know it is the last hour. So, but some of them thought that he was going to live forever. They thought he would never come. It's just going to be this yeah. thing we throw off into the future forever, which is what the body of Christ has been doing. Yeah, that's good. All right. And, and in fact, he did remain the only one who remained through the judgment and Christ is coming. Correct. So, yeah, if we start out in Matthew 25 and yeah, I know you guys like to just read through the whole thing and that's cool. So let, let's do it. Why, why don't we each just pick a section and read? Um, okay. Why don't Jason, how about you read like 25, one through 13 that's the the parable of the bridesmen the bridesmaids sorry and then we'll talk about that and then we can do the parable of the talents and then it goes yeah it's not too long but there's a lot that connects to this guys there's definitely a lot of references so we're going to jump in with matthew 5 21 the parable of the ten virgins at the time matthew Matthew. 25 1 okay yep let's do that (laughs) Uh, The NIV says a parable of the ten virgins. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, 
but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a, was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and bring buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other ones also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Jason, oh, you cut out. You, I heard him. Yeah, I got him. So do you guys all got your lamps burning? Everybody mm -hmm. got their lamps and their oil? You know, right? you know I, Corey. I'm saying if, if you don't have your lamps and oil... Right, then, then you better be careful. No, we're not practicing that. Right. Why not? Because it wasn't talking to this generation. Correct. So what do you guys think about this one? You got anything on it? Yeah, you know, it starts out by saying the kingdom of heaven shall be like. And so it's describing the kingdom right off the bat. That's plain Jane. Simple to see um, what's going on there. And, you know, like we said, uh, it's given context. It's who are these 10 virgins? And the deal about the 10 virgins, there were five that had oil and five who didn't. And what I see in that is it's talking about that generation. It's still talking about the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law. It's still talking about that time frame. And so they, they, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and teachers of the law, they were still called by God. In their eyes, they were still considered God's people. But even though they were called, and even though they were considered God's people, they didn't have their oil lamps full. Does anybody know, or what's your thoughts on what, do, what is a virgin? What are the lamps? What are, what are the oil? Yeah, you so have I anything don't, on that, No, I, I know that people do. I, I don't have a specific teaching on that. But what I would but, just say is this. There's... So in the NIV, it says, and at that time, the kingdom of heaven yes. will be like this, right? Yeah. At that time. And so it's talking about the marriage supper, right? And it's talking about the bridegroom coming, the bridegroom coming, and then a marriage supper. <laughs> See, so you got to understand what's connected with the coming. We've discussed the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. It was a day of destruction on Jerusalem. Then there yes. was the judgment on the tribes, which we're about to show you, and then a marriage supper. And you're going to see these are connected all throughout the scriptures. The marriage banquet, there's parables about this in other places, the marriage feast. And if we can understand that his coming was ushering in the kingdom age, it was a celebration. It was, what did you say the other day? It was a day of judgment and a day of... It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. The great judgment and, and salvation. Yeah. Judgment and salvation. Yes, so there was judgment, and then there was salvation and yes. entering into their inheritance. 
And right. I want, I feel led to share this. If you guys remember in Matthew 24, we talked about then two will be in the field. One will be taken. Yes. One will be left. Well, and it That's, said it would be like that in the days of the same yeah. as the days of Noah. Well, who was taken off the earth in the days of Noah? The evil. Righteous. Okay. The evil, Jason. They were taken off the earth, right? Yes. Yeah. So the evil ones were taken off the earth. Well, it's the same as in those days, the evil ones, it, the evil ones were taken off the earth and put into the everlasting fire, which right. we're going to get to, but the thing and is, that goes I, right along with the ten virgins, how five had oil yes. in their lamps and five didn't. One taken and the other one left. Yeah, it's talking it's about those people. Same, same thing, yep. Yeah. And so the way I see that is they were all called, but they all weren't ready. And Jesus okay. starts yep. that conversation, as you said, in Matthew 23, where he says, Woe to you. You're not ready. You don't have the oil in your lamps. You don't have me in your heart, basically. That's it. And so well, your hearts are not clean. You're not consecrated. Go ahead, Corey. That goes right along with when Jesus told his disciples to go out and preach. And the men who acknowledged Jesus yes. in front of men, he would acknowledge them before the angels of God. Yes. Right. So they went around all the area preaching the gospel to everyone. And some received and were acknowledged in heaven right he told his disciples yep. rejoice that your names are written in heaven right and so that's why they went around through all these all everyone had a chance everyone had a chance all those 10 virgins they had a chance yes okay so everyone in that opportunity everyone had an opportunity to hear the message and to receive the lord or decide no i'm not having yeah. it and so god is a just god this judgment that took place in jerusalem it was a just judgment. That's why it took 40 years. They went around preaching. God was giving everyone an opportunity. That's why it says the Lord isn't slow. How does the scripture go? But but grace or right. He's not slow in his promises. But gracious, because he desires everyone to be saved. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Can I read a scripture that goes right along with this? Yes. It's Revelations 19:7. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb scripture. It says, Let us be glad. And rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. The virgins have made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed with fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. That's what I got. So it's direct correlation to what you're saying. They, yep. The bride made herself ready. They and virgin and virgin, it's the same terminology yes. um, for the marriage supper. Yeah. Anything else, Jason? I just, you can even take it back to Matthew 24. And the day and hour unknown, that's verse 36. So... The fact that day and hour unknown, and when it's talking about the ten virgins, it ends, therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. It's just That's another good. parable tied to 24 saying, hey, we don't know the day or the hour. And something that gave me context on this was when I was going through Bible school, and they talked about the Jewish ceremony, how the basically the at that time the man would come to the woman's family, 
and they would basically make a vow to be married. And he would go back and prepare a place for them. And then what? He would come. The bride would not know, but she knew it was somewhere between nine to 12 months typically. And he would come through the streets, usually at night, trumpets with his bridal party to get his bride to take her to the home that she prepared. But she did not know the day or hour. So once it hit around nine, 10 months, she would actually have her dress prepared. So when she heard the trumpets come through the streets, she would immediately get dressed. Her bridegroom maids would be with her to get her dressed. So she was ready when her husband arrived. And so this is, they did not know the day or hour when the husband would come get his wife in the Jewish weddings, but they always were prepared. But if you weren't prepared, you missed that call. Yeah. And this is good. That's painting the picture. And if you look at Matthew 24 and you, the watch was it, from verse 36, when it talks about for as the days of Noah, no one knew the day nor the hour. That's the first example, 36 through 44. It says, therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an unexpected hour. And then verse, so there's one, two, three, four examples in a row. The next one is the parable of the talents. For as yeah. if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. And, and he was gone for a long time, right? And they, so it's all, there's four explanations of how his coming is going to happen and how to be prepared and be ready, be watchful. But remember, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Look at, so Everyone grab your Bible and look at chapter 26, the very first verse, so we can get the context. <laughs> it says, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he go. said to his disciples. So in the context, he's telling all his disciples, like, hey, this is how you need to be on the watch. This is yeah. how you need to be on the lookout. Watch That's out good. for these things. When you see these things. You'll know I'm coming. And so now we're just segueing into a more yeah. expanded version of what his coming was. We know yeah. that it came destruction on Jerusalem, but now we need to understand the next part. Yep. Yeah. Can, can I touch on one other little thing? Of course, bro. Oh. It, it, towards the end of what Jason read, it says, while they went out to buy the, the ones who didn't have oil in their lamps, the bridegroom came, that coming. And those who were ready went with him to the wedding. That's tying the marriage supper of the Lamb to that time. To his coming also. To yes. his coming. When the bridegroom came, that's his coming. We know the bridegroom is Jesus. And those who were ready went with him to the wedding. That's the wedding feast. That's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the door was shut. And then it says, afterwards, the other virgins who came... The ones who didn't have oil in their lamps saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered them and said, I don't know you, which we will read later in the sheep and the goats. I, I don't know you. Who are you? And so they, they, you know, it's, 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 a. Uh, there's a teaching out there that talks about how the Jews will be saved because they're just plainly Jews. Hmm. And that's how they thought even back then they were just, that we are born into this. This is who we are. You know, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. And it, it there's many scriptures that talked about. I'll, I'll, I'll read two of them. Romans 2.28. 
for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is Jew who is one inwardly. So what he's saying is, just because you're born into it, or just because you say you are, doesn't mean that you are. You have to and have John the Baptist said the same thing. He's like, don't think you're children of Abraham, right? Exactly. God can raise up children out of these rocks. They had to believe and repent, right. repent and produce fruit in line with repentance. Right. And, yep. you know, there's many teachings and, and Leah and Michelle touched on it, but the Jews have the same covenant we have today. It's the same. Everybody goes in the same way. It's through Jesus. There's not two covenants. There's not two rules. It, it, we all play by the same rules, all of mankind. And so I just wanted to make that point. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, what's up? We're going to read the next part now? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. You want to read it, Serge? Yes. What verse are we on? So we're at the parable 14. of the talents, man. Okay, let me turn 14, there. Verse 14 to 30. Let's get it in. Hold on, I'm getting there. You're good. Okay. Parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another two and to another one each according to his own ability. And immediately he went out on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. And he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. The Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I got a question. Hmm. Who are these servants he's talking about? 
The ones he entrusted with, that's a good question. I would say the ones he entrusted with the message. Yes. The Sadducees, Pharisees, the teachers of the laws, the governance of that time. And the ones who went out and, and shared it? Yes. Entrusted with more, right? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I believe it's that generation. It's the people. It's the disciples. It's the it's the it's it's the governance of the time. Mm -hmm. They were given a responsibility. They were given talents. Mm -hmm. They were given something. They were given the message. Some of them rejected it. Others did nothing with it. He tested them. That's the way I usually say is he 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 was testing them. And Luke nineteen is the parallel. And I always teach from Luke 19, but we do know it's talking to that generation because it's in the yes. context of before his coming, right? Yes. Because, But if you look at, I want to share something because I think most people haven't caught this. If you look at Luke 19, 11, it's the same. It's called the parable of the, the 10 pounds, it says here um, in the RSV version. But it says, as they were listening to this, he went on to tear a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said a noble man went to a distant country to get royal power for himself, then return. Okay, so some versions say a king went to a faraway land to be crowned or a, a nobleman went to a faraway country to be crowned king, then return. This one says... A nobleman went to a distant country to get royal power for himself, then returned. So this is talking about Jesus. He went away for a time to get royal power, then returned. He went away because he ascended into the courtrooms of heaven and yes. he be became king over the nations. And then he returned. His return was in his glory. That's why it says you will see me returning in my kingdom, in my glory, because when he went into heaven, he was crowned king of the nations. The nations became his, and then he returned in that glory. So just wanted to add that in there because Matthew doesn't say it the same way as Luke. Jason, you got anything on that? Nope. Yep. All right. So, yeah, and there's an argument. Talent could be money. I'll, I just see it as attesting. He, he yeah. entrusted some servants with some things. Just like any boss would do, business owner, you trust some people with a, a little bit to see how they do, if they can be trusted with more, right? But then it actually yeah. says, throw him, the worthless one says, throw him to outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? Um, which I think we should probably just keep reading to tie it all together. You guys got anything else? Um, no, I, most of my stuff comes here in just a little bit. Yeah, we, we're getting to it. So, all right, verse 31, I'll read this part and then we'll talk about it. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then, and we should put a mark around that, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Okay, I want to pause for a second real quick, guys. When he comes, he will sit on his throne. Are you guys seeing that? Yep. So most people believe that, but they believe it's in the future. Which and it's right. It's not, and they believe it's a throne on this earth. Okay. 
Yeah, well, regardless of how they imagine it, they're seeing in the future that Jesus is coming and then he's going to be on the throne. So they tied them together correctly, but the, the age is incorrect because he said in 24, and I, I know you guys see it, where it, it sucks that we have to like make say this over and over, you know, about the context. Like my son is studying context. He's seven. And so he reads yeah. me stories and then he's like, questions. And these questions are good. Like, what did so-and-so say to so-and-so? What was so-and-so's name? Where were they at? And so my son, dude, he would get this right away. But in the body of Christ, there's been so much indoctrination that when I say, look at the context, Matthew 24, he said his coming would be in that generation, the generation 40 years, right? And so it says, when he comes and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All right, let's keep going. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Sorry, it's funny. I actually have sheep and goats, so <laughs> they kind of run together, though, actually. Anyways, beside the point, it says, then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you welcomed me i was naked you gave me clothing i was sick and you took care of me i was in prison and you visited me then the righteous will answer him lord when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then also or then they also will answer Lord. When was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. All right. So to me, that just says it pretty clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a good time to read Revelation 20, verse 11, because you, you'll see the correlation right away. Get it. Okay, Revelations 20, verse 11, 11 through 15. I want to read this, and look how close of a correlation it is to this. It's identical. Then I saw a great, a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. That's the sheep and the goats. 
and and the, and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works i was hungry and you did not feed me i was naked and you did not clothe me they were judged according to their works and by the things which were written in the books the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works same thing same thing then death and hades were cast into the lake and lake of fire this is the second death and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire Bones, very eternal fire right yep it says you that are cursed depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels yep so we're talking about the same thing we're talking about the great judgment at the last day no yeah, there's not like 15 different judgments, you know. Right, yeah. There's a judgment on, you know, like Jesus said, the prince of this world has been judged. He said that when he was on the earth. And then there's right. one other judgment yeah. that was talking about the judgment, the throne judgment, white throne judgment, great white throne judgment, however you want to use the verbiage. That was the judgment in that age that was the, the culmination of the Mosaic age. And then the, the marriage supper. Was right after that right right after that judgment then you you on on the right enter into your inheritance and guess what that would have been the marriage supper right because there wasn't yeah. that the parable of the 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 virgins and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet right and that's, that's the the sealing of the covenant right it is and it's funny the ones on the right were the ones that made it in. And where are we seated? We're seated at the right hand of the Father, seated in heavenly places with Christ. Oh, that's good. And so it even ties the way he separated the right. Where is Christ seated in the right? Where are we seated with him at the right hand of the Father? And we literally rule and reign from our heavenly place. That's really good. And, you All know, right. when, you, when you see these things, they seem like so big. The great white throne judgment seems so like it, it is a big event. But what I'm trying to say is to study it out and to think about it. It seems so we've heard all kinds of things over it. It seems so confusing and large and well, I'll never understand this. But when you start reading it like this, it's like, oh, it's very simple. Yeah. Very easy to understand. When it's so hard, it's because people are, are double talking, trying to make it like they got it figured out and then it makes a jumbled mess like the rapture dude i heard a message one time it was like two hours long of the rapture i was trying to figure out what they were talking about and i was like dude this makes no sense at all but it was like he was using hebrew words greek words dude he had this crazy teaching and the only reason i watched it is because i asked some higher ups in this ministry here in nicaragua what do you guys think about the rapture they go we believe like this guy I was like, well, that's that's kind of a cop out. You can't just say <laughs> say that. I was like, right. tell me what you believe. We believe like this guy. We can't explain it. We believe like this guy. I was like, that's because you don't understand it. And so, but I followed him to see what he was saying. And you know, guys, come on. We can tell when somebody knows what they're talking about or not. If it sounds funny, then why are we receiving it? Right. The reason why this is so simple is because it is simple. You have to have, yep. I think Andrew Womack says, it's so simple you need a theologian to confuse you. 
<laughs> and, you know, we have a comment from Isa4110, which thank you for joining us tonight. She says, it makes sense about the end of the era, the final judgment happening then, but I still can't understand where we are. The, the, Satan being bound for a thousand years, being let loose is tripping me up. And, you know, we're going to touch on that. Maybe not tonight, but we're going to touch on that. But you have to understand all these other things. And because what I've learned is yep. if we go from one to a thousand, it, it's really hard to grab. But when you do this in order, the way God lays it out on his timeline, it's you'll start to understand easily what the thousand years is, in my opinion. Yeah, we have to take steps in this deal. And we're and if you look at the round table, if you look at Revelation Red Pill, we're all five working together in steps to get you guys mm -hmm. to where we're all in harmony and there's no barriers stopping you. Because look, we have power over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt us. All right. When we read the book of Revelation, you have to read it in the context of at the beginning, even at the intro of this, Revelation Red Pill, it says, behold, I come soon. All right. So the book of Revelation was written to, I just want to read verse one real quick, guys. So we have to read Revelation in the context of who it was written to. And yes. it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. So these things soon took place. Do we understand what it all looked like? Maybe not. But we can, you know, we can put it in the context of soon. And then at the end of it, in two places, Verse 7, it says, see, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy. Verse 12, see, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me yeah. to repay according to everyone's work. <laughs> right? Um, and so that's how it closes. So if there's something in the middle of there that you don't understand, you can put it in the context of it was written to John to give to the churches to tell them what must soon. It says, John to the seven churches that are in asia grace to you right so this was written to them to tell them what was going on we're reading it acting like it's talking to us telling us what's about to happen you see that's the problem see you don't have to have all of revelation figured out you don't have to to realize that we have dominion now the the whole rest of the word is talking about the kingdom of god coming once it comes it begins to crush all other wicked kingdoms bring them to an end it endures forever rises becomes this mountain and takes over the world there's no yep. break in that all right yep. so don't let anything stop you from living in complete victory now i can yes. tell you satan's not dominating my life i can right. tell you we're defeating satan right now by cutting out the pulling the rug out from under him because he's hoping that everyone is still waiting around on jesus to return we'll, we'll just wait on jesus jesus will fix all this i heard that the other day well you know when jesus comes He's going to fix all this anyways. So it's like, give up and let's just, we can't fix it. Jesus is going to have to return to fix it. When he's seated, waiting on us to free creation. Yep. And you know, Amen. Corey, as you were going through Revelations 1 and 22, of the places where it was soon, coming quickly, um, verse 17 popped out to me. And the spirit and the bride say, come. What's that saying? The bride, the marriage supper of the lamb that we just talked about, it's connecting in the spirit and the bride. It can't, like, 
since we pointed what 24, Matthew 24 and 25, and we can show that that coming happened. And that now we're talking about we came That's through so the marriage good. shepherd of the lamb. Yeah, I see it. it. Ties Revelation 22, 17 and the spirit and the bride. We're now That's with awesome. him. And then yep. it like you referenced the first ones that talked about quickly. And I come quickly, verse 20. And he testified to these things. Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And this is how Revelation ends. It starts with, it's coming quickly. I'm coming soon. It ends with that. But man, the spirit and the bride yes. are saying together, come. And if you read, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. We are here saying, come, there's freedom in Jesus. There is life. Come drink of the waters yes. where you'll never thirst again. We are saying oh. that as the bride joined with our man, with the bridegroom saying, come, come. We're walking this out for eternity. Heaven on earth. Dude, that's so, so good. Mike, drop that mic. We're out. So let me let me answer that question a little bit better. Okay, because that we may have not given the full answer. We're in the time where heaven is coming to the earth, okay? Yes. Meaning all thrones, positions of leadership, all nations are to be led, not tyrant-like, but led by the sons of God, the children of God. That's why it says creation is waiting with eager expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. We should do a whole teaching on manifesting as a son because there's so many weird things that are keeping people back a little bit from manifesting who they are. So we're manifesting to set creation free from its bondage to corruption and decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God or liberty of the children of God. So the sons of God are supposed to rise up and we're supposed to manifest like with this authority and say, hold on, that's not going on anymore. Let's try things this way. We haven't done that yet. That's what's coming. We're to manifest as kings that reign on this earth and reign with Jesus now. And that's why Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be, and the kingdom came, right? Marriage supper, yep. entered into the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there are no evil rulers in heaven. There's no evil kings in heaven. We always talk about there's no sickness in heaven, no sickness on earth. Well, there's no demons in heaven either. <laughs> so there's supposed to be no evil on earth. We're yep. supposed to eradicate the rest of these evil spirits into the lake of fire. And we're supposed to eradicate their teachings and doctrines on this planet so that the planet manifests the nature of God. That was the main battle in the beginning. Satan wanted to manifest his nature through Adam and Eve, the sinful nature. And God's looking to manifest his divine nature. And so where, where are we at? We're back to the garden. We're reconciled back yes. to God. And God is reconciling the world and that word world is cosmos, his planet. He's reconciling the planet back to himself. And yeah. that's why I put seeds here also, guys, because I want you to realize what we're teaching here is not fluffy stuff. We're not trying to sound cool. We're trying, to, I'm trying to help people realize we're reconciled back to the garden. Jason says garden 2.0 because we're, we're doing, and he can explain that if he wants, but <laughs> recon, reconcile back to the garden. So we're supposed to be farming, planting, producing abundance, just like in the beginning, God gave Adam seed and said, go yeah. be fruitful. We're, we got to get back to that. And some people are like, well, I don't know if I want to plant food and, and want to be fruitful. Well, 
then, then why don't you work for one of us that, that do help us because people got to eat. That's what this is about. So, yeah, you know, when he stuck Adam in the garden, he's told him to tend and to keep it. We're here to work the earth. That's what he literally yes. for. When we don't tend and keep it, things get out of control. Things go crazy. I, I often hear this. How can you preach this when the world is going crazy? We, and we've said it, I've said it a million times. You can't go by, by what you see. You have to stop looking at all the areas that have not been tended to and kept. Phase That's when you got to go in and start tending and keeping these things. You know, I got this vision one day of the U.S. Of all the seeds that the forefathers and the people that went before us planted. Planted seed after seed for generations. And it grew into trees, just a forest of trees that were producing fruit from who went before us. But generations have risen that haven't maintained the, the fields of fruit trees that our forefathers planted. And so they were going bad. They were being overcome with vines and weeds. And whole areas of forest were dying. And I heard the Lord say, I'm raising up people who will go and start tending to those before those trees die. Start cutting down those weeds and getting rid of those vines overtaking those trees. I'm sending people in there to tend and to keep that garden that your forefathers were planting, that they were keeping and tending to. That's what we're here to do. When you grab a hold of where we are today, there's not judgment coming on the world that the earth really does belong to you. It's your inheritance. When you understand that, you'll see the world differently. You're yeah. here to help, to partner with God in a oneness to bring restoration to the earth. You won't even see the tree leaves the same. I, can't, I see nothing the same anymore. I'm literally here partnering with God, restoring the earth in a very physical, literal way. I want to read this right quick. Isaiah 61. This is where we are today. Yes. We are. He says that we will be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord. And we will rebuild old ruins and we shall raise up the former desolations. And we will repair ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be the plowman and the vine dresser. But you will, sh but you shall be named the priest of the Lord. You shall call; they shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land. They shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. What I'm trying to point out is we rebuild old ruins. We're the repairers. We're, we are the restorers. We are the reconcilers. It's the Garden 2.0. It's the restoration of all things mentioned in exactly. the book of Acts. And, the, and if you read, we can go there in a minute, but he... He called us in Isaiah 61, like he lays out what he's doing. He's going to exchange the sadness for joy, uh, the, the despair for rejoicing, all these things. It says, and then they, 
will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild. They will renew. They will restore the broken places. The, the strangers will shepherd their flocks and, and vineyards. It has to do with the earth, guys. It has to do with fixing the earth. That's what we're doing. And I'm so glad that Isaiah asked that. I'll call you Isaiah <laughs> um, for short. Ask that because that's what my heart is all about. I don't even like teaching this part, guys. I don't like teaching 24, 25. Everybody's like, teach 24. Man, let's just figure it out because it already happened. Okay. And so what we're supposed to be doing, yeah, we're supposed to be working the earth. We're supposed to be in charge. And the blessing, and people would say, Serge, well, why don't I see it? Why don't we see If this is true, why don't we see it? And the answer is, because people aren't believing you. First, you got to preach a thing, and then you got to hear it, and then faith comes by hearing. And once you hear a thing and faith comes, then you act. See, people aren't acting because they have been hearing, forget this world, just give me Jesus. Forget that. We'll just wait on Jesus to fix it all. Instead of saying, hold on, Jesus, how can I fix this thing? How can I work with your Holy Spirit here? How can I work with the helper to rebuild, renew, restore my city? Have you ever asked God that? And have you ever stepped out in faith with that? Most people haven't. That's why we don't see it. Yeah. And that's exactly, it's not an escape mission. It's a restoration mission. It's a different mindset. The watchmen have to get back on. How do we restore back on the wall? How do we restore this versus watching for the signs of the destruction coming? There's too many people out there. You see this? This is a sign of the end. This is a sign of the end. We're looking for the wrong thing. We should be walking out. How do we restore that? That, that um, place of leadership is held by somebody that does not belong there. How do we get somebody that's righteous in there? How do we manifest heaven and earth in all the thrones so that all thrones become under the authority of Jesus? But we've been watching for the wrong things. We've been watching for the signs of the end for an escape mission versus the signs of restoration for light yes. to expand and encompass the whole earth so that we do not deal with this stuff anymore. We, it says that light is forever expanding and darkness is fleeing. Why? Because once Christ came, light entered the world, and that light will never go out. It will expand until it obliterates all darkness. And that's part of the process we're in is Christ came at the fullness of time. And just Isaiah 41.10, one of your questions, the banishment from Eden was instant, but the reconciliation process occurs over time. Yes, when sin entered, the banishment from Eden was instant. That, that declaration of these things will happen. But if you look at the lifespans just in the Bible, they lived 900 years, 800 years, and then you know, 300, 200. And then it got down to we're promised 80 to 120 years in life. Christ came at the fullness of darkness. The fullness of time, it says Christ came. And that was a full. So, yes, what was declared when they sinned and they were put out of Eden was instant. But the actual darkness taking over took, depending, you know, 6,000 years, whatever it was. I, you know, I'm not saying it took a period of time. But at the fullness of time, light entered the world. And so there is an aspect when Christ came, when he died, we were set free. All the cosmos, it says, for God so loved the world that he came and gave his life for the whole world. So what light came for the whole world, and that light started small, and it's been expanding ever since Christ came. And so that restoration process is taking time, 
but man, the judgment on Satan, heaven and hell being defeated, death being defeated, and us being given the message of the kingdom to restore all things was something that was instantaneous, where Christ made that judgment. And now he's waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God to enforce that decree that he won when he went to the cross and when the temple was destroyed. Yes. And I like how you said about the escaping instead of possessing. And that's why we're in the boat that we're in. As far as worldwide, the church has adopted an escape message instead of the possessing message that gave, that Jesus gave us. And so you can't have both. Possessed till he occupies. That doesn't work that way. That doesn't make sense. You cannot inherit God's promises to inherit the earth when you're believing for an escape. It, it, you just can't do it. And if you're unsure, you can't. There's not much faith in unsure. Yeah. Or it's that's not true. that important or why bother. There's not much right. faith in that. There's not much supernatural in that. But once you get fully persuaded, Paul, Paul is fully persuaded, fully convinced of the plan of God. He said the mysterious plan of God has been made known to us. That at the culmination of the age, all things in heaven and on earth would come together under the authority of Jesus. So, yes, it's a progression into everything in harmony and under the authority of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Right. That's heaven coming to earth. The, the the eternal invading this earth and we have the ability to speed it up by right. sharing the message sharing love by going out and using our faith to make our city a better place by going out and telling your mayor jesus is king check it out in the in the book here look at this he's been crowned king and we got proof we got miracles yes. signs and wonders we cast out demons man can can you do that buddy can you cast out demon? No, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And, and so we have we've seen the signs and miracles of the power and authority of the kingdom. Why don't we believe that it also works at the high levels and that we're also supposed to remove the wickedness in the high places? Because yeah. that's what Paul told us to do. So yeah, this all segues, and, and as you can see, we're more excited so, to talk about the future right. than this thing. Right. But let me ask you something on that, Corey. Yeah. Back to the judgment, the great white throne judgment, and we can hit that in detail if you want, but what, why? Why did it have to happen then? What was the purpose for it? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it had to happen because it was prophesied all throughout the book of Jeremiah, like in Isaiah, it was talking about the coming, this judgment that would take place on Jerusalem. The harlot, like, dude, it, it was taught like all throughout the prophets. God was giving chance after chance to Jerusalem. He was sending prophets to warn them. And then eventually he's like, all right, you know, there's nothing else I can do but pass judgment and destroy Jerusalem. And that's what happened in the first century that 1.1 million Jews were killed by the Roman armies. And, you know, the numbers are kind of contested a bit, but. Around 1 million Jews were destroyed. And that was that vengeance, the, the culmination of the vengeance of God. And so it had to take place. The new covenant had to come in. The temple had to get wiped out because they were making it about a place to worship God. And it right. was actually about a place. And a whole new thing had to come in, Serge. Like before, yeah. they could only be covering sins 
with sacrifices of animals. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus has taken the whole thing out of us and getting us born again as sons of God. <laughs> so there's yeah. a huge thing, transition that had to take place, but the temple had to be wiped out. Jesus had to come and declare, hey, all this bloodshed's coming on you. Yeah. So. And it, it goes know. right along with what you're saying, Corey, because in Revelations, what we just read, Revelation 20, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And we, we talked about how the earth, the heavens and the earth represent the temple. That's what they called the temple. The heavens, the earth, and the sea. And so it says that the heavens and the earth fled away from the face of God. It had become so corrupt, so corrupt. They were holding God's family in, basically in hostage. But you go on. There's the judgment. And just like you said, the new had to come. So you look at verse 1 of the next chapter, 21. It says, then now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The old temple passed away and we became that new heaven, that new earth. We're the temple now. Well, look, if you keep reading this, then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming yes. down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's it. And listen, listen, though, this proves it, guys. Watch. It says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. That's the new covenant promise. I will be their God and they will be my, be people. my people. It's all fulfilled. We're I'm showing you, in, we're showing you the book of Revelation. No. We're showing you that it's not a future thing. What you just read, Corey, that is completely where we are today. You can't deny it. Like, is he in the temple or is he living with us? Like, I think right. every denomination, every group that claims Christianity believes God lives with us and we are the temple of yeah. the Holy Spirit, right? And let, if you don't, then you need to get over to Jerusalem and resurrect the temple. And some people say they need to resurrect a new temple. But it's, if you keep reading, it says that he lives with the there's one part hold on let me i read it earlier anyways i'll tell you if i, I love if I find it Prepare but no he doesn't live in a temple now he lives in us so that was my yes point. no i i, I want to hammer down on that just a little bit more I, can can i just read it yeah i'm gonna hold just on. read it let one, me one let time. me say what i, was, I found okay it. go for it, it i saw no temple in yes. the city I saw no temple. Yes, this is good. <laughs> Hold on. That's For awesome. Its temple is the Lord. You guys don't need to build another temple. Right. There's not one. There's no you temple. Where's of rebuilding? How many temples do we need? How many and temples that, that do we need to build 22. and destroy before the prophecy is fulfilled? Verse 22, Jason. Yep. Revelation 22. Yeah. So powerful. That's so Sorry, good. Sir. Go go with what you're going to. I, I just wanted to make that I, I just point. I just want to read it so the people can hear it. This is where we are today. You were asking where are we at today. This is where we are today. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The old temple had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. The sea represents the Gentile nations. 
those on the outside. He's saying the gospel goes to all men now. There's no more C. It's to all men. Everybody's included. You just have to accept it, engage with it. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What's it talking about? The holy city is the bride. It's talking about the church. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And everybody knows the new covenant promise. It says, I will be their God, and they will be my people. That is the promise of the new covenant. And this is it being fulfilled right here. This is where we are. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And I love that. I love that. And we can go real deep with that. But I think that's a good. Read the next one. I think the next one is good too. Okay. Then I the sat. Two. Huh? The next two verses, five and six. Then he said, uh, let's see. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha. I am the omega, the beginning, the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirst. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. New covenant. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters. And all the liars shall have their place or have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So, Serge, where it says, behold, I'm making all things new, right? Yep, restoration. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. A lot of people that understand some of this stuff think that we're still waiting on some other thing right. until the restoration of all things. Like... No, the restoration, behold, like he's you doing know, a new thing. I'm making all things new. That means restoration right. of all things. And so the, the hangup I see here, and, and I'm, I'm hopefully the guy's watching tonight. I've been in conversations with the guy. And he can't get past the fact that it's not here. So it's not fulfilled. No, it's a restoration. It's a restoring. It's a process. It's the church, man. Yes. But, but it's. It starts as a seed and it grows. Corey, you talked about there are some prophecies. We don't see the manifestation of them yet. Yes. Yes, because it's a process, because the kingdom starts as a seed and grows. It's not a one-time thing. It's kingdoms here, boom, everything's over. No, it is a process. It is yep. a restoring. And that sucks for us who, you know, have only been on the planet 30 to 50 years and yeah. have to learn patience. <laughs> it does suck. Um, but straight up, that's how he said it would work. He said that, yeah. that the kingdom, like they thought it was going to appear all at once in Luke 19. So he gave them a parable of the stewards and explained to them, those who are trusted and multiply, they were given charge over cities. 
So it, it was a process of, you know, being considered trustworthy in the small things to be trustworthy in, in the greater things. And so God's looking for good stewards still yeah. today. Who can steward well right. what they've been given so they can be entrusted with greater things? Because God wants to make us leaders of the nation. Some one of the prophecies we haven't seen fulfilled is Daniel 7, 26 and 27. Right. Well, we, we know the court has sat and judgment took place. But then it says, then all the kingdoms under the whole heavens will be given to the saints, the people of the most high God, and all rulers will worship and obey God. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what it means. All rulers will worship, hear, obey, yeah. hear, obey God. And so when all we haven't seen that yet. But now that we know that's in there and we know that's talking to us, we can pinpoint our focus and have heaven behind us and make it happen. This is the answer to the tyranny on the planet. You it can is. protest them all you want. You can talk about them on Twitter all you want. You can do that till you're blue <laughs> in the face. But until you get the kingdom revelation and start believing from your heart that tyranny has to get off my land and that righteous leaders have to rise up in my cities, in the churches, in the nation, until you start believing and decreeing that, and we get together on this thing and start flowing and, and, and using our faith, man, there's not going to be much change. But as soon as we start getting this, and we are, guys, I know you guys are hearing yes. this, we are tired of the fluff, tired of the nonsense. God is the answer. Okay, we can look for answers everywhere else. The answers, all the answers you need are right here. That's yeah. the first thing God said to me that I remember. All the answers you need are in my word. And it's true. It teaches you that his plan is to put his children in charge and, and free all creation. Yeah. And it's when you're talking about the restoration of all things, Ephesians 4.10 in the Passion Translation, this is something, it's probably been nine months ago. It says, the same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. It lays it out. We are in the restoration of all things. That is what we are here to do. There's not the coming judgment. There's not a coming destruction. There's not a coming where we lose to the devil. We are in the restoration of all things. It is time for the sons of God, the manifestation of the sons of God. God is waiting for us to step up and start to take back the cosmos. His blood is crying out saying, please do what you're called to do. It's kind of like there's been a court order. The heavens the court has said, here, here's all authority. I give back the keys to the saints. And we're sitting here going, I don't have the keys. I don't have the keys. We haven't had the keys for 2,000 years. I'm running and I find out all of a sudden, I'm, right now we're digging in. We said, wait, I've had the keys in my hands this whole time. Yep. And now we're to unlock and manifest as the sons of God on this earth to restore it to the dominion of God for Creation to be set free completely. Christ brought freedom, and we're here to enforce that freedom on this earth as ambassadors, as sons, as kings, as priests. We're to walk this out and set the cosmos free from any darkness that still remains. Man, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, and once we start seeing this, guys, instead of everyone thinking, oh, we're in the last days, we could start thinking we're in the, the time of, of restoring the earth, fixing the yep. earth and bringing heaven. Because that's what's going to happen whether we figure it out or not. It's still God's will. It's still going to happen whether we believe it or not. It's right. going to happen. But if we yep. believe it and participate, 
guess what? You're going to get the joy. You're, I mean, what's in the kingdom? Peace, joy, righteousness. You're going to get filled with passion for life. You're going to have purpose. You're going to be working with Holy Ghost. I mean, do you start planting fruit groves, man. That's a whole nother realm with God, walking in the garden with God, you know, and, and that's where he wants us. And yeah. so it's, it's like we were created, you know, we were created to walk in a garden with God <laughs> in abundance. And we're still of that same, same being, like that's still who we were created to be. And so what we are now is actually in conflict with who we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be at. And so as you, that's why everyone feels so great in nature. That's why people love hikes. That's why people, that's why scientists are like, hey, if you stick your hand in the dirt, serotonin is released. Like we should all put our feet in the dirt. Um, yeah. Like, and, and people are like, wow, these trees can sense when bugs die. These bugs can sense when animals die. It's like, <laughs> I heard this one scientist, <clears throat> excuse me, he was talking about, like he was doing this test on shrimps and how the trees could sense when the shrimps died. He was pouring them in hot water. It's kind of a weird deal. But he could tell that trees like a mile away could pick up the moment they died. He said, and he spent his whole life studying this. And the conclusion was, I have discovered that it seems to me that everything on earth is connected to everything except humans. It's like humans are, are disconnected. For some reason, I was like, yep, that's what the Bible says, buddy. Um, and, and But now we're reconnected. And we can be so connected, we will be and we should be so connected that we also sense the environment all the way around us. You know, if you go out in the wilderness for a month by yourself with no phone, guess what? You're going to become one with that nature. Um, yep. And you're going to learn a lot. And that, that's what we should, we should be so connected to nature and God that we're, we're just understanding how to fix creation. Yeah. It's really getting connected back to the tree of life. Because the oh. tree of life is what animates the whole creation. We've taken, and, and Adam, sin brought us going from the tree of life to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And now we have to just fully align ourselves back to the tree of life, the tree of righteousness, and bring forth what is and that's where you get connected. Once you're connected to the same tree, all the cosmos, you'll be able to respond to it, like you were saying, Corey. Dude, that's so powerful, Jason. That's exactly what it's about. Getting back connected to the tree of life, connected to life. See, we are kings of this earth, but we're kings over life. Like God created life. He, he breathed out and, and created all these things with the spirit of life, his spirit of life. Everything is alive, right? Even, you know, walls are, are vibrating with electrons, neutrons. Um, and, and so we, we have dominion over life. And the thing is, the reason why people are, are struggling so much is there's so much non-organic, synthetic, that mankind has created this whole world system that isn't God's system. And we've got so accustomed to it you know, if, and I don't like the word evolution, but humans, I'll, I'll say adapted, humans have adapted into a synthetic system and made it feel comfortable like home when it's not home, guys. It's not home. Um, our home is, is with God, more organic 
style living and you're seeing it emerge like people are, are seeing like man i've created this earth home and all this cool stuff because people are tired of these concrete jungles we you know we we started out this experiment building cities and they turned into big old concrete prison jungle cities we created like what the heck nobody wants that yeah some people do i guess amen all right so what time is it guys we it still is got 8 30 8 30 are you past time jason mm -mm. i'm good to no. all right so let me read one more thing since we're on this topic let there's something else that goes along with this topic that i want to throw in there for us um because we, i just want to clear it up matthew 13 let's go there and i want to read now that we've talked about all this now that you've you've heard this and you go back and read you're going to see what we're if you read the gospels you're going to see jesus was constantly referencing these things constantly talking about a wet wedding supper constantly talking about his return constantly talking not constantly when he got to jerusalem he started talking a bunch about the destruction of jerusalem when he got to the the pharisees but he was constantly talking bad to the pharisees anyways but anyways matthew 13 so we'll start at 24 the parable of the weeds among the wheat says he put before them another parable the kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field but while everybody was asleep an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away so when the plants came up and bore grain then the weeds appeared as well and the slaves of the household householder came and said to him master did you not sow good seed in your field where then did these weeds come from weeds are from the devil by the way side note <laughs> <laughs> and this or sorry he answered an enemy has done this the, the slave said to him then do you want us to go and gather them but he replied no for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them let both of them grow together until the harvest and at harvest time i will tell the reapers collect the weeds first bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn uh, oh, blowing man. my mind Ooh, right now like man matthew 25 yeah go ahead we got more uh, I, no it would open up a whole nother worm but yeah this is blowing my mind right now all right we'll wait till you hear the explanation 36 <laughs> and tell us what you got it says the explanation of the parable here's the explanation it says then he left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples approached him saying explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field he answered the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom the weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil the harvest is the end of the age boom Whoa. that's huge right there <laughs> i know and the reapers are the angels remember jesus said on his throne with his angels okay just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire so will it be at the end of the age the son of man will send out his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers 
and they will throw them <clears throat> into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. So just before you go any further with that, Corey, just to, for the listeners, just to be reminded that the end of the age is the end in the, in the, in the Old and New Testament, when it talks about the end of the age, it is always tied to the end of the old covenant governance. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about the end of time. The Pharisees, Sadducees, like the temple right. worship system, yeah. offering sacrifice of animals. The Messianic age, yeah. the temple governance, it's talking about that age. So it's a timestamp. It's saying that's when that judgment is. It's not for our future. Right. It has already happened. And, yeah, and that's that just kind of a reinforcement. In. Go ahead, sir. And that's why we talk about the transitional generation. That's something the Lord spoke to me a while ago. But from when the veil was split when Christ died in the temple till the destruction, even though the veil was split in the old system, the kingdom of God has been released. That God was no longer behind the veil when Christ died. The temple still stood. People still went and sacrificed. So there was, from that time, there was a running of the kingdom and there was a running of the Old Testament. But when the temple was destroyed, the actually you studied, the Jewish culture had to change how they did sacrifices because there was no longer a temple. They had to change how they brought atonement because they couldn't do the yearly sacrifices. So when the veil was torn, man, there was, it was marked in the spirit. There was, God was released from being behind the veil to all people. But the temple still stood. So when that temple was destroyed, and that was that final judgment, yes. the old system was done away with. They, they you could not worship the way that the old covenant law told them to because that temple was gone. Yeah. And now those who were separated, goes into the weeping, gnashing, all that type of stuff. But that's that whole transitional generation from the time that was first established to the final fall of the old covenant where the two systems were running together. That's good. So, you know, people may say, well, if this has all happened, how come I didn't hear about it? I've heard that a bunch. Well, that's a good question. I think so, actually. But there is historical evidence of the destruction of the temple. And I don't have, I wish I was there. I wish I had histor historical evidence of the, the wedding feast. Um, I don't. But it says that it happened soon. Jesus said it would happen in that generation. We know the temple was destroyed in that generation. Um, he, he connected it all together. So I believe it happened. We have a lot of proof it happened. That connects it to the end of the age. Um, and if anyone has historical evidence, that would be great. But the thing is, the enemy doesn't want us to know. Like finding the historian Josephus in his books and writings, like that took some digging for a lot of people to, to learn that there actually was people who saw Jesus in the clouds. And the enemy doesn't want us to understand history. Why? Because he wants us to keep thinking that the Antichrist is rising to defeat us, right? And we already dealt with that happening in the first century, right? But he wants it to happen. He wants us to think we're going to get defeated again and sit before judgment again. He wants us to stay on replay 
of that transitory age where God's people were getting persecuted and keep us believing that we're going to get persecuted. All right. So people, people say, well, I don't, why haven't I heard this preached? Because the devil has worked overdrive to bring a different narrative, just like you see in the media, right? You're like, where did this new crazy narrative come out about rice being bad for you and that trees are evil? Like I just saw it the other day that we should chop down trees to stop producing CO2. I'm like, dude, like there's a counter narrative in the church. It's called the rapture. It's a counter narrative because if, if you really read this, the righteous are never taken off the earth. The wicked are removed. And so that's why, it, and guys, it, I know it, it, it's not very cool to see that, to see what we're seeing and then see the church preaching what they're preaching. And I want to say something to that real quick. You, if you guys are hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, the end of the age happened. There was a judgment. There was, you know, a bringing into the kingdom, the, the wedding banquet. I see these things, but my, my pastor's still on rapture. My friends are still on rapture, all this stuff. You know, that's going to happen. And you got to remember that a lot of these people love God. They just were misinformed and they haven't been red pilled yet. Right. And so that's literally what this is. You're, you're receiving a red pill revelation. The, the name fits perfectly. I found out the word red pill is on the FBI watch list of words. So <laughs> they're worried about this word for some reason. Oh, Lord. Because we're on to something here, man. The devil doesn't want people to know what we're saying. Why? Because we're removing the roadblocks out. But we got to be nice to people and gracious to people that are trapped inside of this doom and gloom. Yuval Noah Harari is the Antichrist. Bill Gates is the Antichrist. Dude, they're trying to play the part to make you think they're the Antichrist. The truth is, they have no power except the fear and manipulation that they can get you to have. Stop yeah. believing they have power. Stop being afraid and start... Let's start taking dominion and start working together. And we have to get this message out to the body of Christ. We have to share this stuff. We have yeah. to remove the barriers. Because how many movements are there out, out there that are doing great things for the world? And then they say something like, but the Lord is about to come in like a thief in the night. And everyone's like, eh, wait, what? What's happening now? I thought we were doing, you know, putting in good attorney generals and governor, but the Lord's coming thief night. What does that mean? And you're confusing everybody, man. If we would realize he came like a thief in the night, the judgment happened. Now he's seated at the right hand of the father waiting for us to manifest, right? And set creation free. If we realize that is so simple, guys, it's so simple. We can all harmonize on making the world a better place. We can all harmonize on setting creation free. So there's my rant. Oh, okay. well, that's awesome. Good stuff. You know, all this that we shared with you guys to, today or this evening, for many of us and, and still many out there, we're believing for these things to come to pass when they've already come to pass. And so that's why you get these weird things about like, well, his kingdom came but only in a spiritual sense. But Jesus cleared that up. And a lot of us are, many people, asking the same question that the Pharisees asked. When is your kingdom coming? 
And Jesus is like, it's within you. It's already here. It's already came. Yeah. And so this is very important to grab a hold of, to understand that we're not waiting for a future judgment. We're not waiting for a great white throne judgment. We're not waiting for the marriage supper of the lamb. You're the bride. You're the wife of Christ. Let's fully step into that. Let's do what we're called to do on this earth. Let's manifest his righteousness and allow the glory of God to cover the earth through us, being manifested through us, the kingdom being manifested through us. So you yeah, got I'm good with with what I said. I, I don't yep. feel to add any more right now. Yep. I'm good too. What about you, Jason? You got any bombs you're sitting on? I mean, I'm just gonna read that scripture, Revelation yeah. 22, 17, because you talked about the bride, and I feel like that's where yeah. tonight's really came to. Revelation 22, 17, the spirit and the bride say come, and let those who here say come and let him who is thirsty come let him who desires take the water of life without price the spirit and the bride we are the bride we have partake took we have partaken at the marriage supper of the land and we're with jesus saying come come the price has been paid drink of the water of life join back to the tree of life right. for i have given you all that you need for life and godliness come 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 yep and so i want to end with this i guess i want to share my thoughts on the reason for the judgment the reason for the marriage supper you know that 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 old governance had become so corrupt and god wanted to bring in a new a new heavens and a new earth but in order to bring something new in you have to get rid of the old you have to and so there's this thing where we read the holy city, the new Jerusalem. You can't have two Jerusalems. One had to be obsolete. And that's what happened. And I want to end with this. Revelations 20. No, Revelations 21. Verse 9, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride. I'm going to show you the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me a great city. The holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. That's us. That's the church. We're the bride of Christ. We're the wife of Christ. Many people are waiting for this thing to come out of the, of, of the skies and for the city to like be set up. And he's like, no, that's not what he's saying. He said, let me show you the bride, the wife of Christ. And then he took me to a high mountain and he showed me a, a holy city, the new Jerusalem. The old one had to be obsolete in order for us, the new one, to be birthed on this earth and to take our place as kings and priests unto the Lord. You know, the other thing... I want to say from what you're saying is the bride, the church, this was descending. It was coming to the earth. And most people have it reversed that the church is going to leave the earth, right? 
Oh man, that's good. Yeah, because that's talking about it's coming, right? Yes. That's God instituting his dominion, his, his assembly of chosen ones to govern the earth, like releasing the inheritance that was promised, releasing it on his chosen ones so that they would go forth and pass this message along. And yes, incrementally until we manifest into the full fullness of Christ, right? Which is the the maturity that we're supposed to all come together in. And, and that's, yeah, that's on my heart real quick. We, we have to come together in the fullness of the knowledge and the maturity. And we have to understand his purpose together, guys. And until that happens, we have to continue to preach this stuff. We have to continue to share with our neighbors. But as soon as it starts catching in, in more, well, I don't have to say more people get it. As soon as we start moving with this thing and we start showing the victories, man, the momentum's just going to increase and increase and increase. Just like, do you remember when healing started happening? Oral Roberts was actually one of the people that really started publicizing healings like he put a tv camera on everyone told him don't do it he put a tv camera on what happened after that everyone started healing everybody healing <laughs> ministries everywhere okay yes. so there's gonna be demon casting out of the high places ministries emerging everywhere <laughs> in jesus name <laughs> yes i love it well great any final thoughts jason I like what Isaiah 41 10 said, done sharing like crazy. And this yeah. is what the, all these shows are is to empower you and the freedom that Christ has, the freedom, the authority, the dominion that he's given all of us to manifest heaven on earth. Amen. Or you got anything else? Yeah. And when you guys share this, just say, I, I've been sharing this for some years now. And I always tell people say, Hey, what do you think about this message? What do you think about what these guys are saying? Does it hold water or not? Instead of like giving them, hey, you got to see this. This is what's yeah. going on. You need to know and, and believe like this. Like ask them to consider it and just present it. I've, I've told people for years, like present this to your pastor and ask them what they think. You don't have to sh share your stance on it. Say, hey, I'm checking something out. What do you think about this? Does this hold water? Because if they hear us and they see the scriptures and and realize we're not just like, babbling without fruit and, and not practicing this stuff they, they, they may realize what's going on but at the same time don't be worried if people call you names and say these people are crazy but they won't have to call you crazy and call you names if you put it off on us you see what i'm saying <laughs> so it makes it easier as a as a new person into this hey what do you think about that about these people are they right are they wrong checking it out um and then they can we can take the heat. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. I like it. How about you, Serge? You got a final word? No, I'm good. That was my final word. Will you close this out in prayer, Corey? Okay. Yep. All right. Father God, we just thank you for this message tonight. I pray for everyone who hears it, that, that they would just be more curious and they would seek you and ask you for revelation because we can share the knowledge we, we can you know share the word with them but we just pray that your holy spirit would show them what they need to see 
to help them move forward and flow with you. And I just pray that this message would spread far and wide and uh, that more people will come into understanding where we're at now and what we're supposed to be doing and that we would manifest, you know, great personal victories, but great corporate victories as the body of Christ in the earth. Father, we ask that, that you would give the nations to your children and their children would wake up and realize the nations are our inheritance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So one thing that we didn't talk about, who's ending the program? <laughs> <laughs> who's pushing the end button? Is that all we need to do? Are we done, girls? They're probably listening. Somebody said me. But uh, okay, hey, make sure good. you guys tune in. I'm sure they'd want to say the, the Kingdom Roundtable Mondays where we'll just continue discussion along these lines. It's more of a discussion platform with, with us three. And, and we'll be having guests on too. We're just kind of really starting out flowing. We're at uh, number 11 next Monday. And uh, we haven't decided on our, our topic yet, but we will decide on a topic. We'll discuss it amongst each other, and then we'll bring something out. So you can go to on Rumble Kingdom Round Table, and you can check that out. Yep. Sounds good. Peace. Be blessed, everyone. Bye. Oh, my God.